Welcome to We're Not Wizards. We are the best, but not wizards. Enjoy the show! Like, I like opening up the fire exit and setting off the alarms. You ever seen any? You ever seen any of these old people getting an exercise? <laughs> I want to see them run. I want to see them is run. That your, is that your Jersey accent? Because that's, that's not <laughs> bad, crazy. Richard. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. It's, it's kind of varying between Jersey and, and Boston, except Boston, they can't pronounce their O's, can they? Uh, can they? It's the R. It's, Bast is B A. It's like where are you from? Baston. B A S T O. Baston. You know. Yeah, get in the car. Uh-huh. Get in the car. Yeah, all my uh, my my family is from. There's 27 distinct uh, Boston accents. If you did not know. <laughs> Linguistically, like, if you have not hit a record on our useless fact tour, there are 27, 27 distinct why is there 27? Boston accents. Because it's like get in the um, car. Well, you, you gone, have any of the? You're going pretty fast. But it's a mixture yeah, of Irish it, as well, isn't it? Um, it has to do with like uh, boroughs in the United States or old neighborhoods in the United States have like contiguous cultures that 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 lead to each other. Um, and Boston's one of them. Boston. Like, yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, like the Cambridge accent is the the Boston accent that everybody wants to have, and so those are the people. Who grew up in and around the Harvard Yard? The Harvard Yard. <laughs> the, Harvard the Harvard Yard. Yard. No, the, yeah. Then the Southies have this. The, there are a few distinct Southie accents. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few. <laughs> there was always there was a there was a comedian on BBC One called Kenny Everett. Okay. And he used to do a joke about the the Bee Gees. Really? He, used to, he actually used to do, um, I don't, you know, and we'll do an intro at some point. I might keep this in, I might not, I don't know. It's all just, <laughs> we're heading towards the edge of the cliff. This is the Thelma and Louise. This is, no, we've, we've taken a moment. Yeah. We've seen that the helicopter has shown yeah. up and there's only one way there to go. There is only one way to go over the cliff. So we're either approaching the cliff face or we're not. But anyway, Kenny Everett, right? He used to like, he used to do this, the riskiest stuff of on uh, on television. Um... And it was kind of like, um, so he did this, he used to do this sketch where he had like three, three, but three jars and they were just like three tablets. Jars. So he'd take a tablet and give him big hair. This was the seventies and it take it, oh. take a tablet, right. And it would kind of like make his voice go squeaky. Then it take a tablet and give him like huge teeth. And one of the jokes was, how do you keep your teeth so shiny? And it was Massachusetts, as in, they've got a lot of two sets, as in false teeth. So they, so they, so they, so they, so they Kenny, Kenny Everett was a lot, Kenny Everett was a lot, Kenny Everett was a lot of fun. He was absolutely outrageous. He literally, I think he, 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 um, he did, he didn't, he pretended to do an escape act where he went into like a, a cement mixer 
<laughs> and then a liquidizer. And then he says he was going to bring him back from nothing. And he ended up getting turned into this horrific pink liquid that then his assistant kind of spilled. And then a Labrador came on from nowhere and just started eating this kind of whatever. So, so, there, so, there, so there you go. So that was Kenny Everett, which is worth... Kenny Everett was funny. Um, he used to have... Um, <laughs> He used to have, he used to have this, but he had a whole pile of characters, and one of them was like this. Did they repeat? Yeah, I mean, it was a t- total, a total kind of st- sketch show, but the stuff he got away with, it was like Sunday evening television, he used to roll up, and he had this like, this uh, sketch show where he, he basically played like, he pretended to be like some kind of like porn star, <laughs> right? And it gets, what it gets better than this, right? <laughs> right? He got, <laughs> he called himself Cupid Stunt. Whoa. <laughs> but, you know, on Sunday television. And he rolled with it. Because obviously it didn't take like years later everybody would have the epiphany and go, What do you mean stupid? Oh, okay. But it was all he's it was all it was like all done he says oh, I was gonna say it was all done in the best possible taste. So at the end of the sketch he would talk about, he would, he'd be in this like crazy kind of, and then everybody's clothes just fell off. But it was okay, because it, it was all done in the best possible taste. And he, he, used, to, he used to cross his legs, and then he used to like kind of uncross his legs like a big Sharon Stone. And the legs would kind of go, <laughs> you have to, it's like a cultural, he was a cultural icon at the time. Um... It, it it surprises me what makes it across the pond. Um, I watched way too much Benny Hill. I watched so much Benny Hill as to be disturbing for uh, somebody of my sexual orientation <laughs> and age. <laughs> Benny Benny like, Hill was so weird because it was like. He, he, it was again yeah. kind of relying on people kind of being absolutely ignorant, absolutely ignorant at the time. That kind of like all, and he used to just like, he used to be. That was where Yakety Sax came in. But he ended up breaking America in half, didn't he? I mean, Benny Hill like went on to become a big star in America. It, it was weird. Like um, even now, Family Guy. Uh, Seth MacFarlane does occasionally Stewie's like I'm gonna go have a sexy party and the sexy party is literally just a Benny Hill reference like I thought that was the relationship Uh between men and women was men chasing around women in their underwear and everybody laughing it still is I thought that was exactly how relationships were supposed to work I was wondering if you'd like some cool bit, Brian. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we should go and have a little guy sexy is... party, don't you think, Brian? Well, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And like the fact that his dad was on the show. Uh, yeah, like Benny Hill. I don't know. Benny Hill broke America. Like the things that made it. Obviously, Monty Python was just forever, and we love that. Um, uh, but what else? But really Pi- okay, so on the flip side, right? We ended up getting kind of like we gave you Monty Python, Faulty Towers, Benny Hill. I think maybe I don't think Kenny Everett was over there, and you gave no, us a little bit of you Kenny gave Everett. us you gave us Knight Rider. 
I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, David Hasselhoff is an international treasure. In Germany, they go crazy <laughs> for him in Germany. I mean, that's they, what I heard. It was like it's like David Hasselhoff, and it's like, and then I can kind of imagine that kind of works. I don't know why it works, but when somebody said to me, "Oh no, you should," you know, David Hasselhoff is huge in Germany. This was before. Um, I think this was in his wilderness years. Um, round about before kind of Baywatch, after right after Night Rider, and then mm-hmm. before he would he kind of became famous and kind of the whole Baywatch thing just kind of like took off, and he fancied himself a bit of a singer, and I think, but then I understand that because apparently like one of the things that bands got to go. I mean, you talk about breaking America, but I know of a lot of bands that have kind of headed. You know, they do gigs in Europe and then they even try kind of like going to gigs in Japan and stuff like that because they're just trying to find their market. Because once you find your niche market and you find people that think you're amazing, then you just sell album after album. And apparently David Hasselhoff, the Germans love him. I'm glad everybody deserves <laughs> to, to, to find their audience and find their people. I mean, he does have a very German sounding name, right? He sounds like he said. He sounds like somebody said, "Make yourself up a German name," and he's like, said, "He's like, I don't know." I said it sounded like Hasselhoff. Richard. I did not say. You know, Hasselhoff sounds like a German sounding name. That could be kind of that could be quite kind of good. And he did that, and then he did was it? He was doing American Scott Town. Well, I don't know why we're talking about David Hasselhoff, but I do remember Night. I think this is going to be the shortest episode in the history of your podcast. It's going to be like three minutes on topic. Night was such a thing, and then we had like the A team. (laughs) We got you. You gave us the A team as well. Um, so yeah, and that was you just, got Mr. T and David Hasselhoff. That's what we got, and we gave you like Monty Python, and you gave us you gave us a man who wasn't gonna get on any plane, sucker. <laughs> and I and we had, we had toys and everything. What but, is uh, what is your feelings about Monty Python? Like, how much do you love uh, indifferent or hate Monty Python? It's okay. Yeah, I thought I thought for your personality type, you're like, hmm, okay. I I think the life of Brian is a brilliant. Movie. Yes, I think the life of Brian is an amazing film, and it touches a nerve with a lot of people. And it it was it actually got banned in the UK, um, because yeah. the church I think the church at the time went, oh, you're just um, you can't be doing this because this this is taken the taken the absolute mick out of Christianity, and it got and I th- I don't know if it was like a if it was like a Clockwork Orange kind of a jam, because with Clockwork Orange, Stanley Kubrick basically went, right, I'm just going to... Nobody's going to get to see this film. He says, I'm sick of all the the reporting on it, and they just took out a distribution. I don't know if that was the same with Life of Brian, if it kind of got... If it got... Well, George Harrison gave so much money for that particular movie. Uh, and... Um... Yeah, that movie in particular, its relationship with the Beatles and, and Monty Python is really, it's interesting. Like Terry Gilliam and George Harrison will then go on to do more stuff together because they liked each other so much. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a real, it's a, it's a real deal. Like, um, and at the core of this is 
absurdities that uh, culturally um, the English-speaking world has absorbed. And how does that affect nerd culture? I do not think that we would have as much embracing of Dungeons & Dragons if uh, Dungeons & Dragons did not have Monty Python's Holy Grail. And it's it's as a sort of backdrop for getting together and going on adventures. Uh, yeah, right? I... I, I, I kind of... I kind of think there's a whole there's a whole pile of kind of like cultural English kind of speaking culture, which just isn't which just doesn't translate and come across well. I don't think in any other kind of countries. I can't. I, okay. I can't imagine like say um, like the dead parrot sketch. I can't imagine the Spanish Inquisition. I can't imagine like people having kind of like big. Big huge belly laughs over it. It's absolute absurd, uh, uh, kind of like craziness and absurdity. Well, the craziness, uh, you know, like British people are so cult, like socially reserved in public, and the only people who's worse than them is probably the Japanese people, like just completely paralyzed by embarrassment. But on the on the flip side, British comedy is way out there uh, as a sort of safety valve for that 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 pent upness um and uh culturally the japanese people have like anime and some other things to 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 be that release valve um but comedy in particular is a real understanding of whether or not you get a language you can speak a language and not get its jokes yes but once you start getting its jokes that that's the real deal like this came up recently because in the fight in a box news um we are uh, our local, our first localization deal uh, for for China. Wow, has coming through, and so we're going through pre press and proofing right now for the Chinese version of Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. <laughs> and so there are things that you learn that are like this is a game that's zany, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Will loves it. Our hunger gamer loves it. Um, and so as we're going through like the translation, the Google translation and the other kinds of stuff of the rule book and the things like, first of all, the name gets changed. In English, it's mouse, cheese, cat, cucumber. Yeah. In Chinese, it's pickle, cheese, cat, mouse. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, and I asked, I'm like, why is this the case? And they're like, it sounds way better in Chinese. And I just got to assume that that's the case. And the other thing is internally, the game refers to itself as yogurt cat. Uh. So there's a two-word, uh, like a two-word nickname that self-referential is part, was part of the translation, and I was like, and and now it is yogurt cat. And then, but the most disturbing one for us was Kaiser cucumber ended up becoming Caesar pickle. <laughs> I... <laughs> Caesar Caesar pickles is like special, doesn't it? It's like, do you want, yeah, do you like want Caesar, the Caesar pickle with that? I mean, yeah, like Caesar, yeah, like Caesar pickles. I'm like, oh my god! Like now, I want like Caesar pickles in English. I want to, uh, I want to pluralize. Yes. Like Caesar pickles is a yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's Kaiser cucumber. But how do you make sure the kind of the when you're doing the translations? Are there stuff you kind of like 
they've come back to you and says, well, you can't have that because if you translate it kind of like a certain way, then it really doesn't sound, it doesn't work at all, or it actually sounds ridiculous, or it sounds rude, or it actually sounds wrong. You can't have it at all because it sounds like, you know, take down You've got to trust your partners. <laughs> you got to trust your partners and the people that you're working with. Yeah. And, you know, and you just do a level of like, okay, uh, yeah, but I would love to be huge in China. <laughs> I want this to be the runaway game success. Mouse cheese cat cucumber. That'd be amazing. But then you would turn up. Yeah. You would like turn up and then you drop up there and you say you have to, you're the, inve- you're the inventor. And it's like, yeah, I'm the designer. And it's like, and then the streets would be lined with like rose petals and then there would be songs, songs sung in your name. And uh, the you know they would name a street after you, or probably everybody would start to call their um. <laughs> like this is, I was gonna say this is my pickle. <laughs> it's called Caesar. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes, I would love somebody to do a stuffed animal Caesar pickle. Yeah. That's that's really good. Uh, did news radio make it across the pond, Richard? What's that? Did news radio make it to you guys? Is that something that you ended up watching? No, I don't remember. Uh, what what American comedies from the nineties made it to you? I see. This is the thing. I don't know if there was a Friends. Well, did Friends, Friends make did, it? but then Friends was kind of like you know Friends. Friend, you watch Friends at the time, and it's like, yeah, this is really really funny, and then you watch it now, and you're kind of like. <laughs> what about Seinfeld? Did Seinfeld I never wa- I've never watched Seinfeld. I'm such a terrible person for something that's like meant no, to have the finger on the pulse. Cheers. I no, watched Cheers. Like I used to watch Cheers. Cheers was okay. really, really good. Uh, what about Night Court then? No. Frasier. Oh, that's interesting. I, I think of those two as a part. Yeah. Uh, Frasier. Frasier. And then on, yeah. the, on the Canada side, Kids in the Hall. Oh, yeah. Now, Kids in the Hall. I Kids love. in the Hall was brilliant. Every I think for a while, yeah. everybody... everybody at school. Was crushing Yeah, exactly. Everybody was going to be going, I'm crashing your head. 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 But I don't, I think, I think everybody was like teenagers at the time. If it was primary school when we watched it, everybody would have went about going, about crashing your head. But because we were like teenagers and we were cool, it was almost like a secret code. You didn't go about and tell people that you were crushing their head. You waited until maybe somebody mentioned it to you, first of all, that they were crushing your head, and then you knew that they understood that you could crush their head as well. And then you could have this... Because <laughs> if you said you were crushing your head to the wrong person, they'd go like that. You're an arse. And then they would walk away. Um, <clears throat> oh. So it was a bit... But So there was that. Um, what else? See, the other thing that was really, really big that I watched all the time was Quantum Leap. Okay. This is where we're getting back. Like, where is the nerd overlap between uh, uh, nerd culture, TV culture, and, uh, like, American versus British culture? We identified, like, Monty Python was something that shared all three in that Venn diagram. Uh, uh, Quantum Leap was a good show. Uh, it's nerd following. Um, yeah, like I don't see enough material in and around it's nerd following. It maybe because it seemed really big it was. for me at the time when it was going on. 
Um, but you don't see it having a revival like some of these other ones are I having. Thought, did they not do a new show? I thought they, they did. They did a new show, but then, then again, there's not been the massive, there's not kind of been the massive kind of fanfare. But then I think the difference with Quantum Leap was it was kind of like, it worked well because it wasn't a story about the technology, it was a story about the kind of the people. So it was right. more about the human interest part of it than the actual technology. Because if you went into something like X-Files, X-Files was all kind of, what's the monster of the week? There was an overarching story about slowly Scully was going, oh, I actually believe. But there was always a kind of, here's the monster. The best episodes of X-Files and the best episodes of uh, Quantum Leap share this quality which is the reason for science fiction. And that is you take the world as it is and you add one extra element. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, that reflects on uh, the human condition that is unchangeable. That, that, is, that, is why, that is why Prospero and The Tempest works. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, if people don't think of Shakespeare is fantasy, but it, like, there's a lot of fantasy in Shakespeare, right? But, I, I mean, this is what, I mean, see for the thing, if we're going to go into this kind of level of discussion, right? Are we not allowed to? Do, oh, no, 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 we don't have to go back David Hasselhoff? Yeah, David Hasselhoff, let's bring David. I never look back, Mark Richard, I'm only in the now. Anyway, I don't know if that was Simon Singh. <laughs> this is why. You know. This is why I was. Uh, I wanted to come. You know, back just for <laughs> just that. Just meeting was... a really bad kind of. I don't know if I'm was surprised the Bee Gees didn't happen. You broke into the. You mentioned the Bee Gees, and nobody broke into. That wasn't the Bee Gees. That was a theme tune to Baywatch. If you were paying attention, if you were paying attention. I was, good. but we mentioned the Bee Gees. We did mention the Bee Gees as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Can can I mean? Do you sing then? Are you a singer? You type person, switching away from obviously possible. I I sing badly often and by myself. Really? I'm yeah, surprised oh, at that. Absolutely. I thought you looked like the type of person that could maybe hold a tune and would be if you got you on karaoke. Ah, uh, you know. Um. No. Yes. My 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 vocal range is poor. That's a, that's a shame. That's yeah. a shame. I, I mean, I can sing things down there. Do you know what my go-to karaoke song no. is, though? Have we talked about no. this? Um, I do... Uh, um, Crazy by Tammy Wynette, but in the accent of Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I took voice lessons for this. You took, actually, like, acting. You went and paid somebody to say... <laughs> yeah, so... I want to say, like, uh, like, like, Elmer Fudd. Yeah, no... Crazy. Oh, wow. Okay. Crazy yeah. for yeah. feeling so warm. <laughs> <laughs> but if you say that like that, I'm thinking Team America. So I wanted to win a competition so bad, and I understood my vocal limits right. that I actually, yeah, I got Did a you, voice you coach to say. You got a training say, montage on the way for learning how to sing crazy. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah. Did you win the competition? Yeah. I, I, I did win that particular bet. I am very ruthless about it. How bad was I, Richard? I don't no, want to. No, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's, I, mean I can edit it post production, so <laughs> <laughs> I can put like an auto tune. 
an origin. <laughs> like trigger now warning. Did I sound Elmer Fudd. <laughs> did I sound okay? <laughs> did you end up saying like Kevin the Frog? <laughs> oh yeah, that's another I've, one. I've always wanted to be able to do Rainbow Connection for all the various reasons. Well, but Kevin, uh, but there's a vocal range in there that I'm not capable. Of I know, doing. but you have to practice. That's all it is. You know, it's, it's a it's lot like of practice. I did musicals in high school. It's just about practice. Yeah. I'm not convinced you're willing to do the commitment and to get a like. I did. No, I got a voice voice coach. I am willing to commit. <laughs> like, uh, I'm on my eighth year of working on Conquest Princess, Richard. That's commitment. Should you be committed? That's the thing, Seppi. I should be committed. <laughs> my obsession, like, I don't let things go. I mean, I started that project as, as last time we talked yeah. about it. I started that project over nine times. See, that's just it's crazy. That's just when you know that you've got an idea and you've just got to kind of you just got to kind of run with it. Where are we? I mean, let's <laughs> let's talk. Let's but, let's well. talk board games for a while. I'm joined here by <laughs> Sippy Yoon. Want to talk board games with me? <laughs> I feel like I'm the Miss Piggy to your current oh, there you frog, go. Richard. There you go. And that's <laughs> definitely the case. Oh, Kirby! Nice to do this! <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> that is a whole set of uh, episodes that you should do. Should Richard be. has to do a you voice do and a you character. Like, has to pick <laughs> a voice and do a character. Line. Line. And everything has to be done in that... Uh, in that style all the that, way through this is yeah, there, you know what there is a, there is an episode out there where I did the entire episode as a pirate right. all the way through didn't drop it once didn't <laughs> break once all the way through I could try to remember did you yes. watch um our flag means no I death. didn't did you watch the live action one piece I've I started that okay I started that, and I'm I'm ready to do. It. I'm actually I'm also wanting to watch Our Flag Means Death as well because I am a, I'm a, I'm a yes I'm I'm a big fan of everything in that show. So, oh my, I was so surprised. I had set my expectations uh, at a certain level for that show, and that blew that blew wow, me away. Okay. I had set my expectations for One Piece one uh, at the bottom floor, and I was entirely blown away. I I could not believe. That it delivered to a level that it did. It, it's crazy. I'm, 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 I'm gonna. Crazy. I've, I've started the first episode, and I'm already getting the feeling this is somebody who made this show because they were interested in the source material, instead of mm. making a version of the show. So because they needed to make a version of the show, and they know it would make some money. So I think that's. I think that I think it's going to be. That's good. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I always think that you need somebody. Did who, you enjoy the first episode? It's so far, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I only started. Yeah, I started. Okay. Wa- I started watching it, and and then what did I do? Oh yeah, and then I decided to do something else because that's how I do. Because I generally kind of, I jump God. in and jump in out of TVCs. I don't necessarily have to watch. Anything in one go. I'm quite happy to. It, it annoys. <clears throat> it annoys. It annoys so much. Because like I'm quite happy. Like say like the other night we were watching the Prestige. You treat all entertainment as charcuterie. 
you can have a little bit of this, yeah. you can have a little bit of that, you can take and leave it. Yeah. That that's good. Yeah, I don't yeah. yeah, I've not got a commitment. I mean I watched we were watching the prestige and we've watched it we watched it about four ages ago and it's one of my favourite I really, really just like I like I enjoy the film, I enjoy where it goes and what it does and That's Hugh Jackman, correct? Yes, it's Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and it, it is one of the it's, good. it's one of the films that's absolutely worthwhile watching on several different occasions, like most of the Christopher Nolan stuff, just to pick up on the stuff that you missed before. But it got to almost midnight, and I'm like, "Look, you're you're not working tomorrow. I am working tomorrow. I have to go to bed." And you're like, "No, no, no! You cannot. We cannot stop this film with, you know, forty five minutes to go." And it's like, "Yes, I can. I can absolutely stop this film with forty five minutes to go, and then put it away in a little box, and then come back and finish up." For folks who have not seen this movie, no spoilers. You should definitely do this. This is a punch. The first time you watch this movie, this is a punchline movie. Yes. You are so slugged by the punchline of this movie as to be shocking. And then the subsequent watchings of this show, uh, of this movie is lining up like did this punchline get hinted at this entire time like yes. how did this all piece together? Yes. And why did I not get more time with David Bowie? Like these are the questions that you're going to be asking yourself. Again and again. Well, Nolan, Nolan, I can't, and like, it's one of these wonderful things that when you mention anything nowadays, anywhere near kind of like my mobile phone, then Facebook will, and even YouTube to some degree, start showing me little shorts about, you know, and apparently, apparently Bowie refused. Nolan offered him the role and says, I really want you for the role of Tesla. And um, Bowie wasn't interested and then, you know, Apparently, Nolan said to him, look, I'm not doing the film unless you're playing Tesla. He says, I wrote the part specifically for you. There's no other actor. I've not got a lineup of actors that I'm going to turn to if you don't, if you don't bother doing this role. So, and it works. It works so well. <clears throat> it does. And you like him in the role and you like him as it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really, it's really good. That is good. Uh, but being able to walk, walk through a playthrough and not have to finish things, that is its own set of skills. I'm surprised that you had me back, Richard. Why? You realize that our email train is the longest <laughs> in all of my, <laughs> us, Sending like nonsensical non sequiturs to each other, one liners, uh, was a joy to me. Like, oh my god, I'm like, I need more of this in my life. Yeah, I know, but it's like I'm kind of like that. It's like I have people that I will not, and it's the functionality, it's the function of the podcast as well. Is that I, you know, I speak to people and I'm like, okay, when we, when when was the last time we spoke? And folk will go, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, oh, I don't know, like you know, six months ago, and it's like, no, it was five years ago. And it's like, but we're able to just drop, drop straight into it. I kind of, I'm a firm believer that people drift in. <clears throat> they drift in and drift out of your life. That everybody's kind of like got their own, the own flow of their own life river. And it'll intermix with some people and mix together. And then it'll go its separate ways and stuff like that. And that uh, there's some people that you meet that you can, you kind of, have the ability that you know that if you caught up with them again in another three or four years, it would almost be like it was three or four minutes and you're catching up with the conversation again. 
you know that is exactly like this you, know. you and i are picking off where we weren't before that's right i mean that's where it kind of goes it's a different you know the dam is the, the place has been dammed things have moved on certain you know certain flood plays have flooded and things like that um yeah one th- i mean getting into getting into general just general noise this is you know i don't you know this is a just a normal stream of where are we with Con- Conquest Princess? Because um, when we spoke originally, it was in the process mm-hmm. of going through kind of game fund. It is. And um, it's still going through the process of going through game fund. And there's been some updates, but where are you, where are you at the moment with kind of getting everything together and finishing all the play testing and moving it towards production kind of thing. Richard, uh, what would you say your love languages are? I don't know. You think about that and I'll tell you my number one okay. love language, which is project management. <laughs> <laughs> Other people are gifts, pers- like physical contact. Yeah. Mine is getting things to deliver on time. That is how I show my love. As you saw, I was early on time, like yeah. on time. This, this, is, yeah. this is, a, is a thing. Yeah. So uh, Princess uh, is in an exceptionally exciting place as a publisher right now. Mm-hmm. So we are going to have a sort of uh, 90% ready prototype for PAX Unplugged that that reviewers and media people and and fans who schedule time with me can play. Um, And uh, the last major art thing that we need to do, which is so minor on the art list, is fill in and color uh, the fashion items. All the the fashion items are completed. Their line art is great. uh, the names, the mechanisms, all of that stuff is. Uh, we have a big announcement in October about what's next for Conquest Princess, and that's going to happen later this month. Uh, but it has everything to do with uh, getting our game of uh, space fashion uh, ready for eyeballs. Um, it got great reviews the last time. Mm-hmm. Not only I did I get to spend time with you, which was amazing, uh, but... Uh, critically, people were cuckoo bananas for it. Um, and uh, all the social awkwardness aside, mm-hmm. um, we're hoping that we'll be able to capitalize on that coming up and then people will be able to join on the fun. The, the, the ridiculousness of the One Piece universe makes me feel like my time of heralded, <laughs> like weirdo mashups has come. <laughs> Yeah. So, Richard, you know there's a season in One Piece where the bad guy is uh, the bad guys are Steven Tyler and Tyler Durden. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, there's a season in One Piece where the two the bad the bad guys are Steven Tyler from Aerosmith and Tyler Durden from Fight Club. You see now. See what you're getting now is it's kind of like I need to know. I need to know now, which means that now that I have a little bit of time over the weekend, um, and I have to organize my organize my time so I can get certain things done because this is a, this is going to be the weekend where things things are going to get done. 
And now I have like now you've added you. extra things onto the list. I'm sorry. I, which I, is I, I now I'm need to go away and watch One Piece. <clears throat> so the question. One, all right. Right. So. I, I need to give you two things about One Piece. Right. Number one, okay. when I die because uh, because I'm old, uh, please put on my tombstone. He's really sad that he did not get to see the end of One Piece. Number two, uh-huh. uh, One Piece unfortunately requires that you watch two seasons of the anime before you know if it's for you. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, you got to get through about 48 episodes before you realize if the show is for you or not. And and if that frightens you, there's 1,100 episodes. That just precludes you from everything. <laughs> uh, see, I don't like... I See, I want to watch the Netflix. I like... It's like the, the same thing was leveled at um, Ahsoka recently. The people were saying like, oh yeah, this Ahsoka thing, this is brilliant. And it's like, um, but you can go in here and there's all these fully kind of fleshed out and developed characters that everybody's picking up and you can see the relationships between everybody. And the, I think one of the biggest criticisms as well, you've got to watch kind of, <clears throat> you've got to watch like seven series, seven seasons of Rebels to understand it kind of thing. And then you've also got to watch Clone Wars as well if you want to find out kind of, more about Anakin and stuff like that. And I was just like, surely, right, so, surely if it was so, good enough, it wouldn't matter. I'd watch, I, I watched Ahsoka without watching any, I watched a little bit of Rebels, but not enough of Rebels to kind of know about the different relationships and it seemed to be fine. Is One Piece going to be like, what is this all about? Or are the characters in Netflix developed enough that I don't need to be aware of all of their backstories in order to enjoy the kind of the show. Um, I will go out on a limb and say the Netflix version is so good that you are not required to watch the anime okay. to enjoy it. I am going to write that down. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to sign this. So I'm writing this down <laughs> just now. As and someone need... who's been watching the show for 25 years, really, uh, I uh, I would definitely say this is like um, season one is going to take you through um, like episode 40 plus mm-hmm. uh, for Netflix is going to take you through the first almost 50 episodes wow. of the the anime. Is the anime slower paced though, or is the anime quite fast paced? Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to try the anime, but you want uh, bumpers against anime stuff, like, you know, protection against it, there is a thing called One Pace. Oh, okay. One Pace is a fan edit of the show Mm -hmm. that cuts out the intros, the extros, and the repeated stuff. Ah, okay. So instead of it being a 25-minute episode, it is only its... 17 or 12 minutes of essential stuff and they're all uh, edited together so you can watch it so the first uh x number of story arcs end up being like in a two hour and 17 minute movie instead of uh x number of episodes but you can watch it that way one pace if somebody wants all the all the the anime goodness mm-hmm. without uh, any of the stuff that might be a barrier, yeah. you can try to enjoy it that way too. See, this you sound like I mean, this is this is kind of good because I um, um I have my concerns because um, 
the whole Cowboy Bebop supposed fiasco. I don't know if you watched the Cowboy Bebop next Netflix yeah. thing and if you yeah, thought if you had positive thoughts about it or if you had, oh my goodness, what is this kind of thoughts about it. Uh, did you like the anime? I'm not, see, this anime. is the thing. I'm not that, um, I've not watched the anime. It's one of these things that's like, I really need to sit down and, go the, and, and watch the anime. But generally, uh, there's a section of... There's a section of Star Wars fans uh-huh. who are like, I don't care. It's Star Wars. I'm going to enjoy it. Yes. Don't yuck my yum. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, I had that feeling for the Bebop live action. I'm like, I understand it has lots of problems, mm-hmm. but I wanted more Bebop. I got it in a new way. I liked the actors. Yeah. I liked the stuff that they did. And it was not good. It, it, not compared to like, but I could still enjoy it because it was Bebop. See, I, I, under, I understand this because I think that there's some people that, that like, they're quite happy. Um, I have a friend and they say, I, um, you know, I like fan service. I am a fan and I like to get serviced. And, you know, and, and that's their view. Is they don't, I mean, they don't, they don't care kind of what's put out in front of them because it's like, you know, um, in terms of like the Star Wars stuff just now, I mean, even in terms of like the Marvel stuff just now, you know, there's there's like it's literally like buffet stuff, and they keep yeah, and no, they're, can... they're just rolling in kind of more meals for everybody. I mean, in the last kind of like two years, we've had like like it or lump it, we had like a boba a whole boba fett. Um, we had you know we had a Binge. whole. Kind of Boba Fett Boba kind of binge. thing, yeah, and and we've had Mandal the Mandalorian, but we've had like Obi Wan Kenobi, and now we've had like Ahsoka, and then for the you know, and then for the Marvel people, they've had like She Hulk and Miss Marvel, and they've had Loki again. And oh, like, She Hulk is so good and so experimental. Loki is so good and so experimental. Like uh, the Scarlet Witch, uh, all those yeah. like retrying the formula are fantastic. Uh, when they try to go to formula, things are. And not as exciting for things like for for people like you and me. But uh, since we mentioned Ahsoka again, mm-hmm. um, I would make an argument. Uh, number first of all, as far as ways to watch something without having to do all of it, yeah. um, the essential Clone Wars and Rebels will get you through everything that you need to know about Ahsoka, so you don't have to watch seven seasons. Yeah. I think the total number of episodes for that is like twenty, whatever. Uh, and they're good episodes. Um, Ahsoka's leads up to what I would argue is top three best Star Wars in all of Star Wars. Wow, that's a bold. Uh, the last four episodes. Uh, the last four episodes of the Clone Wars are so freaking surprising. Yes, and they do require you to know all this stuff from have gone on this massive journey with all the content. But if you went on that journey, those last four episodes of The Clone Wars are crazy good. Like, shockingly, somebody should have warned me how good they, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. draw-chopping good. Like, at the end of... Because, I, I, you know, I had my Disney Plus for my period of time. I'm like, I'm going to watch this essential stuff. I would not watch that show just... Uh, playing through i'm not enough of a fan to put through bad episodes 
And but I did, and then at the end, nobody had warned me. There's the bomb of those last four episodes, and it goes off like massively exceeding any kind of expectations for the, the that show. I there's YouTube cuts as well. You can actually go on YouTube, and you get people kind of like explaining. Here's the main things that you need to know in order to understand. Kind of like things like Ahsoka, and yeah. I watched it and I didn't really feel I needed to because the characters kind of came over as being kind of like completely developed and completely ready to be kind of um, kind of mucked around with and given their direction and stuff like that. I thought the casting on it was superb on Ahsoka. I think, you know... It was good. I, thought it was... I feel that way for One, one Piece. I think the casting is incredible. See, I don't, I don't, as I say, I won't, I won't be able to judge kind of one piece until I actually go ahead and kind of like fully watch it. And then I'll be in the situation where I'll judge it for what it does as opposed to what it lives on in my head as headcanon. Because I think that's a big issue with some of these things is that if you go back and watch stuff like um, that you adored and it was a lot, it's been a while since you've watched it and you've adored it, you build up certain kind of expectations in your head. As to, you the last Starfighter does not hold up, Richard. Does Don't it watch no, it again. No, see, I saw that. <laughs> I just keep seeing that. And the last Starfighter was kind of like, yeah. But then they keep on talking about remaking it and it's just like there's some things that just need to be sitting there. Like the, la- like the Flight of the Navigator as well. Yeah, oh, they, I like, heard that we're going to You do it. not need to defend the Frontier against Zur and the Kodan Amada, Richard. You <laughs> do not need to do that film. again. <laughs> go back to bed. Go back to bed or I'm going to tell mom about your Playboys. Lewis, I mean, go back to Lewis. Yeah, go back to bed, Lewis. I'll tell was like, mom it, was like, it was like Alex's girlfriend. Like She looked about, like, she looked like ages. They, they all looked like 30. That was back in years. Like, I'm just a teenager. How am I going to get out of this place? And it's like, Alex, man, I don't mean to be tough on you, but you look like you've had one hell of a paper round. Because well, there's no like, way you're about 17, 18. You look about 40. You the, know? Act, the actor who played Centauri is also the music man and also is Toddy from uh, Victor Victoria. Yeah. Like, that guy's career, uh, yeah. No, like, there are things about that movie that I understand. But this goes back to our earlier point. You can enjoy something mm. and still be critical of it. Uh, it's a skill you have to pick up, but it is like being able to eat a Twinkie or uh, bad pizza. You can say, <laughs> this, this could be so much better, but it's pizza, so I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> does, Richard, does pizza have the same, like, Control over people in uh, in in Scotland as uh, people you know, has here in okay, the United States. Okay, okay, okay. So let's <clears throat> let's talk about why Scotland um, was famous for a while of being like literally the heart disease capital of Europe because in Sc- <laughs> of meat in Scotland you have the ability right to get what they call as a deep fried pizza. Oh my god. So what they do is they take a pizza, half a pizza. You can either ask for a half a pizza or even a quarter of a pizza. But you get a half a pizza and they just stick it right in the fryer. <laughs> they 
just like sticking that's them amazing. next to the chips and stuff like Did that. Did you guys go through that trend where people re- were replacing uh, bread with chicken, like fried chicken? No. Oh, yeah. There was this uh, like sandwich where instead of it being bread, it was instead deep fried chicken patties or the like. It's just like. I. I, I... I'm here for things that appall you, Richard. Like when I find something, I'm like yes, <laughs> bring me the <laughs> indigna- indignation, like, Richard. Bring like me. I you know I can't eat a lot of stuff because I've got like the gluten intolerance and stuff like that. You know. Okay, good. So I mean, a lot of the time, because it's like um, you're already on the. I'm already on the keto. I'm already on the kind of the ketone kind of ketone. Di- I mean, I don't. You know, this shape isn't something that I work hard at. <laughs> I work hard at keeping in shape, and it's mostly because I don't eat like the delicious kind of deep fried, um, deep fried pizzas. One of my my great pleasures that happens between point A and point B yeah. is Luke from GameFound. He and I are Facebook friends, uh-huh. and seeing him power lift <laughs> makes me happy. I'm like, that's amazing. You like you own your you like you do this. And you're doing it for you, and it is a thing that you are celebrating. I, I love it. I do not like it when he shows up to a meeting without sleeves. I find that a little... <laughs> 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 I find that a little bit questionable. But in fact, like, he's in his gym where he's, like, doing the power lift. they like, you go, Luke. He's it's just, amazing. like, lifting. Like, he's close to, like, lifting cars and stuff. Yeah, like it's a massive amount of weight. And he's just like that, woomph. And he's just like lifting up all this stuff. And you're just like, because that's when things move, but I think past a fad. I think you get people that they go, right, okay, I'm going to take up jogging. And they jog for a bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when they take up, like, especially a health thing, it's like, well, I can't do a health thing unless I've got somebody with me. To keep a battle buddy is good for that stuff. To do that yeah, it keeps you honest. And then you get, yeah. but then you get some people that like they become like they become super focused, and you just enjoy the fact that they are obviously, they've got that grit and determination, and they're just continuing to do it. So I do, yeah. I mean, and I that's see, a very specific <laughs> form of athleticism, yeah. powerlifting, right? Exactly. It's it's definitely a sport. It's definitely athletic. It, it is, but it is saying I want to be able to lift a car. <laughs> That is like literally right? saying like if there was like a situation, right? I need to be able to save like like a telephone yeah, pole like I... fell on somebody. Like it was a flood, right? And the and the the rivers, you know, the rivers burst its banks and it's cascading down the street. And then like there's like a, an old lady and the, and the telephone pole kind of small falls over her and and traps her leg. They they're just gonna Luke's just gonna come in and he's just gonna like. Ben, he's just gonna whoa and just lift this whole thing and it's like his entire life has been I waiting love, for us you know i absolutely love that specificity i mean and that's also why we have marathons right yeah. it's the battle of marathon i ran the 26.2 miles like you know they have that for firefighters in the united states where you have to be able to climb up and down 22 flights of stairs uh in an hour um as well because that's uh the number of stairs that people who are rescuing people from 9-11 do like i like a really specific goal that that seems like okay i need like why is this number arbitrary no this number is set because of a human situation like 
you know, the Battle of Marathon, a tragedy in the United States, a girl, a little girl trapped under a car, like, <laughs> like something where you can I'm, envision okay, the okay, whole okay. story. So how many times have you been hanging around flights of stairs, hoping a firefighter would be running up and decide to carry you downstairs? <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, if you want to throw me over your shoulder and carry me up a flight of stairs, please buy me a drink first. Um... <laughs> so, when's when's PAX Unplugged? Because people keep talking that. I keep uh, getting confused because Essence, Essence just finished. Yeah, did you... Uh, when are you going to go one year? I don't Is that going to be a thing for you? I don't know. UK Game Expo is so big now. Um, it's it's, yeah, scary. it's kind of scary. I like, you know what, Tabletop Scotland is going to, is moving to the to the Highland Show Centre because only in, only in Scotland would we have an exhibition centre which is entirely devoted to Highland Show, which is no, it's kind of near the Highlands but not really near the Highlands. It's kind of the central point where everybody can kind of get together. So the next year, Tabletop Scotland, the venue is going to be an awful lot bigger and it's going to be right near the airport. So I guess what we're saying is everybody that is kind of like based around the world can now hit Tabletop Scotland. And um, I want to be big enough. Help me make Conquest Princess big (laughs) enough that I can afford to go to Tabletop Scotland. Richard, I think that would be incredible. I would love that to be my show. I'm like, and I kill it. In uh, Shenzhen, because there's a million people who play mouse cheese cat cucumber, and then the Highland Center for <laughs> these are my these are my people. You've got a plan now. You've got a plan now. You got to hit China, make China work, uh, <laughs> and then I, I just and then come yeah, on. I would I would like the other places that are looking at uh, mouse cheese cat cucumber for localization are uh, like uh, yeah. I did not think China would be the first one to hit, um, but it did, and I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, and the other ones will be surprising to you when I tell you later if they, they, they come through. So, okay, so <laughs> business-wise, so what does that mean? Does that mean that they, do they then, do they commission and order a certain number of units and then does it just kind of, is that it, is set up and then it goes to a There's a lot of ways localization is a fascinating subtopic and it, it, it usually has three forms yeah okay they uh uh get the rights to it and do their own thing in their in the country themselves mm-hmm. okay uh they commissioned you to do a language version for you and you take care of everything else right right and then the third one is um you get multiple people in a, in a region working together because you can do that. Like there's a lot of European con- uh, yeah. companies and they pool together and you uh, do print runs and one person, either you or the other person's in charge of getting this. Uh, uh, yeah. And depending on how you uh, divvy up the responsibilities is how much the royalties goes from point A to point B. And you've not explained how you're doing it then. <laughs> uh, no, we let... We let uh, our Chinese partner have the right. All right, okay. Like, they have the right to uh, produce it for China and in the Chinese market. So they're going to, so they've paid for the license. So depending on the amount of sales that they get, do they then, do you get a royalty off the back of that then? Or is that, 
Um, it is uh, per copy and by how many they print. All right, okay. For cool. my particular, yeah. Cool. Well, the only so reason doing I'm, a, this I'm print asking run, because Bez, they with uh, with Yogi, um, which is their card game. I mean, that's translated into so many different languages now, and I think they get kind of like an ongoing royalty. So, I was just wondering how that. The goal is to be huge in Germany. Like the per capita of, of board gaming in Germany is the highest, I think, anywhere. Um, yeah, like uh, friends of mine in Wisconsin, um, <laughs> Wisconsin, they're huge in Germany. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, like it's yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. It's it, yeah, like the German market for board games depending on the title and whatever, it can be bigger than the United States uh, market. Okay, but what's... Just by the number okay, of people who are what's, buying. What's better then? Is it better kind of get... Because I was, I, was I was thinking about this the other day, and the reason I was thinking about this the other day was because I... It's because of David, David Hasselhoff, because you're always thinking about Because <laughs> I can't... Some people stand in the darkness <laughs> 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 Hey, kid. Um... <laughs> uh, and there was a cameo in uh, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Two as well, but besides that, I was thinking about Spoiler. I was thinking about this the other day because I was in Waterstones, which is a book chain. It's kind of like what you would say is a Barnes and Noble that you have over there. They yep. book chain, yeah, kind of Barnes thing. and Noble, yeah, Barnes yep. Barnes yep. and Noble, um, yeah, Barnes and Noble, um, mm. and Barnes and Noble, and. <laughs> 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 um, it sounds like a trading company. It does, doesn't it? Is, is that, you know, so or a partnership to you know, do something so legislative in Britain. 4,000 shares you want to buy. I'll just pass you over. Thank you for... Welcome to the Barnes & Noble Investor Center. Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was in Waterstones, which is like Barnes & Noble. And uh, they had, uh, I noticed that they had a few games from um, Hachette. And I noticed nope. that they had a few games from Alley Cat Games as well. So Alley Cat Games have signed a deal recently. They've got two of their little, they've got a couple of their tin games. I think Kitten's one of them. And um, so they've got a couple of their tin games in there. And they've also got one of their bigger box games as well. And, uh, yeah, and I was thinking, like, once you're in there, that must be a good situation to be in. Because I'm guessing once you're in there and based on the performance, it then becomes... I was just wondering how the marketing works on that. Because if you get signed into a bigger it's place... Very, it's very... It's beneficial, definitely, to have happen. It's not without risk. Mm -hmm. uh, the big book chains require you to... Uh, have the same kind of contract that they do with books. Uh, and that means you are uh, obligated to usually buy back anything they don't sell. Uh, so a sale or return kind of thing. It is, it's definitely a thing. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Like getting into a chain and what that does is its whole own like a game topic. Um, yeah. This is a whole, a whole game topic. Because I saw like because Tinderblocks was there and they had the bigger box kind of Phantom Ink and I was thinking this is kind of cool because I guess on a marketing point of view you can then say to people 
Well, if you like the game, you can either get in on our website or actually go into your local kind of bookshop, your Waterstones, and actually pick it up. And then it's a case of, in that side of things, where did you where do you push your marketing then? Because from my point of view, uh, if I knew it was sale of return, I would then say, well, go to you, Waterstones. Uh, you've touched on a, a number of different things. Uh, number one, yes, and right before you're supposed to go too. Uh, um, the number one challenge for an indie publisher like myself is um, uh, getting to the other side of the sort of media stampede. It isn't that there aren't enough gamers or games. Mm -hmm. It is just very hard to be one small voice in a choir of voices trying to get you to pay attention. And so your choices are for people to discover you are to go to places where people are in a searching mode rather than go to the internet and hopefully the algorithm decides to yeah. uh, be nice. And so going to a Barnes and Noble means uh, like the number of, of gamers since 2020 has more than doubled and the largest segment of those are women gamers. And so where do women gamers go? They go to bookstores. All of them. Not all of them. Obviously I'm talking in generalities. <laughs> It's just like uh, that's why I but, couldn't. That's why the last time I went to my bookstore, it's crammed. Filled. Yeah, no, it's a it's, it's a real thing, and that's sort of the benefit. Yeah. So why would you want to do that? Like, what is the major benefit? It allows you to get in front of people who uh, won't see your stuff otherwise. The algorithms are really unfriendly for uh, a women to see gaming content, just because. Uh, how expensive it is to get uh, women to see it on social media. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's quite easy to look at my stats across various different platforms, and depending on the platform, I think Facebook's one of the main ones. And it's like, who's watched your reels or who's watched your content or whatever? And it's quite clearly, it's always kind of like 95% male. You know I mean? It's because you have the title gaming in it. Um, yeah. The only way that you can overcome that is other words. Like, um, there's a reason that Rosie, the cozy board gamer, has the word cozy also in it. Oh. Uh, cozy is the key word to... If you did a whole series, uh, Richard, on cozy games for a month, mm. your, your demographic would definitely uh, shift. That's interesting. I might need to, to kind of, like, consider that. Kind of. And Rosie's incredible. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten to go to things in and around. Yeah. No, I've heard. Rosie. No, I've already. It's actually I've heard about this. I've heard about Cozy Rosie already because an episode which is coming out soon. The with a person by the name of Dav who is going to be crowdfunding a fold away. Uh, gaming table. <laughs> Look at me. Oh yeah, that did really yeah that there's, did really there's well. A, there's there's a some, well, there's, they're they're releasing their version, but Cozy Rosie is the oh. person that's doing kind of like they've been helping them kind of do that, and it's like okay, so this is becoming somebody that's becoming an an influencer, and I guess when you come into the influencer, it's a case of are you getting are you getting the word out and about beyond. The kind of the accept normal norms 
As in, um, do I? Because okay, so here's the thing, right? I like I like more people to listen to the podcast, right? Yes, because they should, right? I want it. If you love not non sequiturs and nerd it's, stuff, yeah, listen to Richard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's kind of like meta now because what you're doing is you're telling people to listen to the podcast who are actually listening to the podcast just now. So it's like go back and listen to more of the podcast and keep on kind of going. But what I'm saying is... It's because it's, it's the Nolan thing. You're incepting them into the previous I'm versions even t- of the I'm cells. even tenanting it now. I'm probably going backwards <laughs> and going in inverse kind of energy kind of nonsense. But at the same time, right, at the same time, mm-hmm. yes, I would need to look at... You're right, completely changing all the potential keywords and stuff like that that I'm putting in the titles and in the... I need to miss out gaming altogether because it would... Instantly... Well, it's guests also, right? Yeah. Uh, guests and titles and things. Um, the person who has the best stats, and by best I mean uh, most women uh, on their feed per 100,000 people probably is uh, Jason Headley from TikTok. Hmm. Um, he's got almost 600,000 people now, and his percentage of women is in the 90s. Really? Yeah. And it's because he started in Book Talk. Ah, right. So, um, the algorithm, it's not that your content is impenetrable yeah. uh, to, to women, it's the algorithms make it so. It never, gets can, found, it never gets found in the, in, in they the first would place. Never, they would never get found. Yeah, like, the people who are competing for their attention. It's, yeah, and that's a real problem. That ended up being a real huge issue for Conquest Princess. It's an everybody title, yes. but half of everybody, more than half of everybody, are uh, women or non-binary people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right? And so uh, now we're in a land where the algorithm says, hey, 52% of the people that you think this game, are for, uh, game is for aren't going to get to see it. That's rubbish. Are you it still is rubbish. Is, are you still open for kind of like late pledges on conquest princess fashion as power? We are, and then we're going to do this other thing, and you're going to yell at me when you, you you realize this thing later. But yes, late pledging is 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 amazing, and it's open. How long are you going to so keep it open people should for? do it? If, I mean, is that is that another side of the crowdfunding then? Because one of the quick uh yes, and late pledges for us will close uh when it's on the boat from China. Because you've got enough, you'll have enough to... I take it you have to make a calculated decision on the extra copies that you might need to, to fulfill right. any potential kind of late pledges. Right. Ah, uh, right. And so... Clever. Right. Smart. And I might cut it... Uh, you know, we might cut it off early yeah. if we have to based on the print run, whatever it is. Because I get... But at the very least, uh, for the fancy stuff and the short run stuff mm-hmm. uh, before... And knock on wood, yes. we are hoping to be on a boat for May 1st. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It is actually because my love language is project management, Richard. <laughs> um, so, what supervillain do you think you are most like? What supervillain? Oh. Or, yeah, or a big villain. It could be any cinema or uh, villain-related. Like, like who would you think you are or who would... Or, either question, not both, who would you aspire to be as a I'm villain? I'm probably, like, Vector. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I 
out of Despicable nice. Me. You know, that's it. Because yeah. I, I like to think yeah. that I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I'd be a good villain. But I'm, you know, just dreadful. I'd be absolutely terrible. I'd be like, yeah, look at this shark gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> this this device that automatically hides all of your keys. Um <laughs> You know that that kind of that kind of business. Um That's that's a really good choice. That that what about, what about you ways. then? What about you then? What villain would you be? Uh uh probably uh the bad guy uh either uh, at the post scene of the uh, Incredibles, or the actual bad guy from the Incredibles, I could be the Underminer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am beneath you, but oh, wow. nothing is beneath, beneath me. <laughs> you need to. I mean, you've got like, like. I mean, technically, I mean, you've got enough time. You've got like. You've got like nineteen days or eighteen days to make yourself a Halloween costume. Oh my God. Uh, you just need I, a hard like, hat and some silver. You need a hard hat, some silver paint, a big kind of old uh, vintage jacket, and some claws, <laughs> like a mole. <laughs> I would love that. That's a good fit for me. Uh, if anybody ever cosplays as one of the Conquest Princess characters without like being goaded by anybody that I know, I will feel like I have finally arrived. <laughs> <laughs> that or an unsolicited tattoo uh that would be a thing like oh my gosh right <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up because I, <laughs> I have to go all right goodbye friend don't just, don't Thank just you. go like that just, just like that disappearing if people want to see, if people have listened along tonight right and they've went what if they're still here and they're still here, they're still here. and they're still here yeah. and they're still here where can they find you in interweb? Interweb nets. <laughs> interweb nets. The Nintendo If they're interested in um, game design, they should follow us on YouTube for board game design tip of the day. Mm. 15 seconds to help you uh, get that game out of your head. If they're interested in progress for Conquest Princess, they should find, follow us on TikTok or our newsletter at fightinabox.com. And if you're interested in following me, then um, you'd have to run. Because I move very fast. But go to the internet in web, a squeaky chair. search for We Are Not Wizards and you'll find us in all the different places, faces, worn out stasis. Uh, and you can go to like, you can go to wearenotwizards.co.uk or you can go to wearenotwizards.com. And uh, if you've listened along tonight and you have enjoyed what you've listened to, and this just like, it's, it's like winding up one of those toys that goes and just watching it go like Judasil Bunny without batteries. Um, then go to the podcast catcher of choice give us a rating or a review and if you are going to be giving us a rating or a review don't give us 10 stars because it makes me big headed but at the same time don't give me one because it maketh me cry and I am an ugly crier <laughs> give us something in the middle like you know, I don't know 5 because it's average seven. and I'm just a little seven. bit average but it's not 7 because it only goes up to 5 but the person who's not been average is Rather wonderful, rather fantastic. <laughs> Susan Sarandon <laughs> diving off the cliff. Sepi Yoon, you'll be probably coming, going to come back soon. 
I would love to come back, Richard, just to Let's see you. That. I think it's hysterical. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> and there's only, there's only, we've already established the whole wizardry thing, so there's only, there's only one more thing to do. It's a goodbye from Seppi. Say goodbye, Seppi. Goodbye, Seppi. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, <laughs> I was going to say, remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful, and get yourself, don't just get yourself a princess in life, get yourself somebody who's ready to fight by your side, get yourself a conquest princess, because they're going to take you back and battle next to you in their little cube, or maybe they're just going to let you fight in a box. Until the next time. Goodbye. A wizard is never linked. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.